Well, hello, Scott Hansen here of Allworth Financial. Welcome to our State of the Industry podcast. Glad you're joining us today. We've got a couple of great guests. Um, we've got first we're going to join us with is Houston Asset Management, a firm that recently partnered up with Allworth, and Bob Freider and Chris Brown, the part main partners of the firm, are going to be sharing kind of their story of why they chose to partner up with a, another firm, what, what that transition was like, and what they uh, see the future for them. So you'll hear from them, which is gonna be great. You'll also hear from our own Chief Operating Officer, Pete Ingelkin. And Pete um, uh, heads up the operations. And he's gonna talk about some of the uh, other firms that have joined us in the past and kind of some deal structure and some stuff like that. So I think this will be a very informative for you, regardless of where you are in your kind of process of succession planning or going solo or acquiring firms or whatever, wherever you are in that, I think you'll find this quite informative. Let's kick things off. We're gonna talk with uh, Bob Freider and Chris Brown of Houston Asset Management. I thought it'd be interesting to chat with them. We, we, we completed a transaction in the middle of the coronavirus, right in the heat, right in the really the heat of it all. And um, so I just wanted to kind of hear their story a bit about, maybe a bit about the transaction itself and what was going on then. And then um, really kind of just the, the journey as, as they contemplated it versus uh, as we're in the midst of integrating and where things stand now. So uh, Bob Freider has been in the industry. Bob was one of the first CFPs actually in the country. So he's been in the industry a long time. And um, uh, I think at one point he was the, uh, the CFP of the, of the year in Houston, which is kind of a cool uh, distinction. And then uh, Chris Brown, Chris is uh, also with partner along with, with Bob in Houston Asset Management, been a financial advisor for more than 20 years, also a CFP. Um, and uh, does like endurance hunting. Does I get that right? It's kind of endurance hunting. You got to be in great, the kind of hunts you do, you got to be in great and uh, uh, great physical shape and be able to last for hours and trekking down uh, animals and killing things and stuff, stuff like that, right? <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I don't know. I think I kind of got that right. So anyway, uh, Bob and Chris, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having sure. us. Yeah, so, um, and Bob, maybe let's just start with you. What kind of what brought you to the point of, um, of of figuring it would make sense for you to partner with somebody else? Well, you know it's it's interesting because I mean a firm has been around. Houston Asset Management started almost forty years ago as a fee based financial planning firm back when financial planning was not an entity barely. It was an un, unheard of thing. And and I'm actually the second generation. So we've from a maturity standpoint, the firm has grown. I mean, I was one of the first hires, but I wasn't one of the founders. And as time's gone on, then Chris came on board and we were in a great position because, I mean, I can't imagine having a more capable person behind me than Chris Brown. And so the firm was set to go. And so Chris would be the third generation to continue on and the firm was doing well. Um, and and you, have a, you have a bench of other advisors too, right? You got some other right. good quality advisors. We do, but, but when we looked at it, I mean, the reality is, is the firm had gotten sufficient size that, that it really was unrealistic to expect Chris to be able to take over my practice as well as his. And, um, you know, the more I thought about it, I love financial planning. I love what I do, but I don't really like running a firm. And um, all worth, you know, we got brought to you by a, a colleague that we knew and respected and you were a speaker at the retreat, um, and you and I had dinner and talked about it a little bit, and, and we said, well, just come and look at what we do, and, and, and the, the, the big thing is, is the more I started reflecting on it, I said, you know, I, 
I'd like to stay active for a long time. Um, my clients don't want me to retire. Um, I don't really want to retire, but I really don't want to run the firm. And that's just frankly not my skill set. And you know, my my ego didn't need I didn't need to run the firm to feel like that was the reason to get up in the morning. And then, and when we looked at what Allworth had and what Allworth did, I think that um, you were are capable of probably doing a better job than me at doing that. And you're in Wisconsin right now at your summer cottage, or what do you call it? Yes. Is yes. it a cottage? It's a cabin, yeah. It's just cabin, a, okay. I was just wondering what they call it. Different parts of the country have different names it, for things, yeah, right? It's, it's, I mean, this is wood-burning stove is the only way to keep this place up. I mean, it's, it's, it's a log cabin just south of Lake Superior. So, yeah, it's, oh, beautiful. it's not a summer house. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And so, Chris, kind of what's your what was your – uh, what was your kind of initial reaction maybe then with when Bob kind of contemplating this and you know, you guys had discussion was, about that from the past or Bob, Bob and I had not, I had had some discussions over time with my wife, you know, just looking at the writing on the wall, like Bob said, the size of his practice and, and I already had a decent sized practice myself. We had some older advisors in the practice and it just seemed like everything was coming to a head where everyone was going to be retiring near the same time. Um, I had already purchased a practice and found that I do not like the debt burden that comes along with that. Um, that's just added stress that I, I don't really care to, to maintain. And then I looked at the bench of advisors that we needed to build to not only replace these retiring advisors, but also to grow the firm moving forward. And we found over time, it's difficult to get those advisors. You know, we've had a lot of folks that just couldn't pass the tests or just weren't the right fit. And I think it takes a special individual to be the type of advisor that we wanted. And that was a pretty high bar. And we just had difficulty, you know, acquiring and training those folks. So moving over to a firm like yours with a larger capability, that just gives us the, the, the glide path we need for Bob to, to retire and step away. And, and for me to, to grow the firm to something that, that I'd like to see it be in the future. And I think the, the, the deal structure, you got some cash up front, some stock, essentially swap some stock and then uh, a consideration paid 12 months out for the about a third, a third, a third, somewhere in there is kind of ballpark. Right. Yeah. And so when the, the, when the deal was going on, um, I think we were set to, uh, we were in the middle of due diligence, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we were set to close on June 1st. April 1st. April, sorry, April 1st. Yeah, April 1st. And so March is when all hell broke loose. Um, Houston, I think what you guys were shut down a little later and maybe not fully shut down like the rest of the world. Uh, we're based out in California where um, it seemed like the further you're on the coast, the more wacky things got. And it's like uh, we were shut down dramatically. And what was it like with your uh, clients at the time of in the midst of the market turmoil and uh, the, the lockdowns and the, the scare of the coronavirus at the same time saying, oh, by the way, we're, we're, we're joining forces. Trust me on this one. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I look back at it because um, clients, most of the time when these kind of things happen, they call me up and they, their first question is, Bob, how are you doing? I know. Isn't that amazing? Isn't yeah, that amazing? it's like, <laughs> why are you worried about me? And I'm worried about you. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're worried. And now you're doing this other thing. Are you going to be all okay during all this? And I go, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I'm just making sure that you guys are okay, that you understand that, you know, we're here for you and we're still going to be here for you. Um, so it, it, it actually has gone because we have awesome clients. I mean, I, I have to admit, you know, all, all, all my clients across the board pretty much are 
just wonderful human beings and I love working with them. And, you know, I, I don't want that to end and I, I genuinely care for them and their kids and their futures and, and they know that. Um, and so that relationship there where we can make a, a positive difference in their life is, is what makes this profession so amazing. And, and all worth seem to have that same feel, which not everybody in the financial services industry has that, that belief or feeling, certainly. And that was, that was a, a wonderful thing to find that alive and well at, the, at all worth. And you guys had to get a lot of uh, wet signatures from some people, didn't you, for positive consent on some sort of things? And yeah, our RIA, where it's negative consent in most states in Texas, they require positive consent. So we had about two weeks to get 90%, and I think we got 98% in two weeks through, through the midst of the coronavirus. Right. And were you guys out visiting people or just mailing packets? or uh, We, just, we or just, got on the, just got on the phone and started calling folks and let yeah. them know it was going, and, and we needed it back quickly, and the clients were great. And then uh, what's it been – so since that time, what, what are one or two areas where you were like pleasantly surprised, like this has gone better than I was hoping? And what are a couple areas where like, well, this is a bunch of crap. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't think about this. Or I didn't know it'd be like this. I, 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 go ahead, Chris. I, I would say the, the good thing and, and one point where I wish we could have closed one month earlier, not only to, because of the, you know, the, the headache that the COVID provided, but it was y'all's communication, you know, the, the, the videos y'all were providing and updating of the, the clients of the situation of, hey, we're on top of this. And you would get those out that day. And we could see those, you know, pre-closed, but we could not send those to clients. And it was very frustrating because I did not have that efficiency with our previous broker dealer. You know, it was four days in compliance before you could send them an email to let them know what's going on. And things were changing so quickly. That was old news by then. Um, so since the transition, we have gotten on with your communication and the marketing team has been fantastic in keeping clients updated, really reduced our call, call volume. And then the, the clients really have a better handle of what's going on in real time. Uh, and then what about the things that have been frustrating? <laughs> I, I would okay. say paperwork. <laughs> yeah, pa paperwork. I anytime you have a transition or a time, there's going to be more paperwork than than you would like. And doing that in amidst this COVID with folks working remotely has provided a challenge. Um, I, I told my wife when we were going into this, she just, you just keep telling me how great these guys are. And I said, well, we're dating. Yes. I said, we're going to get married pretty soon. And we get married, the warts are going to come out. So I've told her the warts has been all the paperwork. And, and that's just because we work in a environment that's very regulatory that has nothing to do with all worth that's just the nature of our business but that's been the biggest frustration for me is getting all the paperwork taken care of how about you bob well I'm, I'm one of the things I'm, one of the things i'm a big i'm always a big believer in transparency openness and transparency as i know you guys are i mean the same kind of uh, approach we have with our clients it's like you don't want to if you think a client's game might be a difficult client or you, you're never going to try to over promise something to a client if anything you want to make sure all expectations are pretty clear at the start, no surprises. So I've, we're very much like that with all of our partner firms as well. So um, Bob, what, has there been an area or two that, that maybe you haven't, you were hoping it'd be a little better that it's not or that sort of thing? Well, and on the positive side, um, the, the big thing, and I've had 
several clients and several family members who have sold their businesses. And it just doesn't always go that well um, because the business just doesn't turn out to be um, what they presented themselves at the beginning. And that was my, my biggest concern. And I have to say that the, the quality of the people at Allworth has always been above and beyond my expectations. I mean, everybody across the board has been so pleasant and, and patient with, with us. Um, and they've just been just good people. I mean, it really, really has been amazing because, you know, my brother who sold his engineering firm several years ago and it didn't go well. And he keeps asking, well, how, how's it going, Bob? And I'm like, man, it's great. These people are, are really awesome. Um, and, you know, the, the, the frustration, the biggest frustration I have on the other side of it is, is that one of the things we looked at you is you had all this great technology and technology has always been my weak point. And we had some, in, in the world of financial planning, I think our technology was above average. Yours is three steps above ours. And so, of course, every single piece of technology that we use from our CRM to everything, you guys had something better. And so then because of the virus, we really didn't have the ability to have somebody come in here and, and hold my hand and, and help me through this. And so um, that has been a very painful thing for me, but that's, it's not been your fault. I mean, everything I look at and say, this is so much better than what we had. It's, it's gonna be great, but it, it has been a, a tough time for me to get through that. And, and I will get through it at all. It's just because I'm an old dog and I'm learning some new tricks here. <laughs> and what's your plan, um, uh, like the next five years as far as working, retirement, what do you, if it's five, five years out, ideally, what's your, what's your, what's your situation? You know, my wife and I have had this discussion so many times. I mean, I'm in a unique situation where my wife lives in Wisconsin and I live in Texas, and we've been in that arrangement for 15 years. And, um, and so when I'm in Houston, I mean, I work 60-hour weeks, and, and I don't mind that. And then I go back, and then I'm a little bit more relaxed when I'm with her, and she's happy about that. Um, and, I, and, and so it goes back and forth, so I've really only been working – 20 weeks a year technically for a long time, which is an enviable schedule by most people's time. If you looked at the number of hours I put in, I think I'm probably comparable to most, but it's because I love what I do and, and I have this energy. And when I have that time in Houston, frankly, without my wife there, um, I don't have any spousal responsibility. So I can, I can work these, <laughs> I'm the second person that shows up at the office and the last person that leaves because we have one employee that shows up at 4 a.m. So oh. I get to spend some time with her every morning and I'm the last to leave. And I, and I've, the big joke has been for a long time. The staff is like, can't wait for me to leave because then it, everything comes down a notch. And as long as I have that energy and I have that enthusiasm and I have these awesome clients and I can still help them, I would like to be able to continue to do that. Yeah. Um, I have lots of other projects that I do in those other times that I'm going to continue to keep doing. I think it's one of the great things of our of our industry, particularly. I think um, you know, as we got as, as clients feel confident that there's a team behind you, and that you know, should something happen or whatever, they know they're in great they shape. I mean, uh, there's people in our industry that can keep working for decades um, past the normal retirement age and and still have great quality of life and everything. Right. And so, Chris, how about you? Um, your perspective on it? We're sitting together five years from now. What has gone 
well for you to look back and say, I'm really glad we did this. This has been fantastic. What, what do you like, what would be an ideal outcome for you? Um, what, one of the things that motivated me in this was similar to Bob. Uh, I, I actually don't mind the management aspect. I just don't like the management aspect on top of my client responsibility aspects. I, I'm happy to take either or. And I would say already 30% of my time has been freed up just in the last two months by not having to deal with you know, signing leases or negotiating or dealing with, with staff issues or, oh, are we going to close the office or get Zoom or, or any of those decisions. So my schedule is now freed up by 30%. Um, so I have capacity to now take on more clients. So what's going to be interesting to me is to see what your marketing plan does and, and how many more clients we can serve over the coming years. And then what, what we can do with the office, y'all seem to have a good plan and a good career structure for our younger folks to make them advisors. And I mean, I, I would love it. I think we joked early on that I would love to be in the position where I could help the new folks in bringing on clients, getting the plan established and maybe helping someone who's not as good with that aspect, but is great at managing a client relationship yeah, long term once the technical side of it has surpassed. You know, if, if I could help some of the younger guys from that perspective, I, I think that would be rewarding long term. That's good. Well, I know you've got a good team of people I've heard um, from others in the organization. And um, so it's, um, it's, I think it's been, it's pretty exciting as we are continuing to integrate and I forget one woman's name that I think you had made mention of her before. Maybe it was Connie? Christian. Connie and Connie Christian. And Christian. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I think they're already like we've heard things that they're going to be great and helping out, helping out all worth in these other different different areas and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, early on when you ask what pushed us over the edge, uh, Bob was a huge proponent of bringing Connie and Christian along in the decision making process. So when we flew out to Sacramento and met with Pat, we brought Connie and Christian with us. And when we walked out of that days long meeting, Christian turned to us and just said, you know, these guys have systems and analytics and capabilities that I only dream of having, you know, with our firm. And uh, I, I turned to Christian and I said, I want to join these guys because I don't want to have to compete against them. You know, if you guys are coming to Houston anyway, I was scared to death of competing against you long term. So I'm thrilled to death. We're, we're on the same team. Well, I'm glad we're on the same team, too. And it, I feel so fortunate with that. Uh, I, some of the people I get to work with on a daily basis, sometimes I pinch myself and I'm like, I can't believe uh, I can't believe they're working with me. <laughs> it's, uh, I think I'm excited about our future together, our combined future together and where it's going to take us. And um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. And you know, we're on this mission really of creating a national firm where you've got an aunt Susie who's in Sarasota and she calls you up and says, Hey, Chris, uh, I'm going to be retiring. Who should I use here in Sarasota? You, you, you've got a name that comes to mind, whether she's in Sarasota or Houston or Sacramento or Cincinnati, it doesn't really matter. It's all worth it's going to have a great, great client experience for you and a great, great process. So that's where we're headed. And it's, uh, I'm really glad you guys joined us. So thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Let's next go to Pete Ingleken, our chief operating officer at Allworth Financial. And uh, Pete has uh, been leading our uh, firm for a number of years, and um, he, has, he had a prior prior chapter of his career was with uh, working with me and Pat McLean at um, a firm called Liberty Reverse Mortgage, where we uh, grew it to a couple hundred employees, and it uh, was acquired by Genworth Financial right before the financial crisis. And then he joined us to head up um, Hanson McLean, which is now Allworth Financial. So Pete, just out of how how large was um, 
How large was, was Allworth when you joined us? We were called Hans McLean then, but how large were we then? Yeah, so we were, what, uh, just, we were probably about a billion and a half uh, in AUM uh, back in 2014-ish. So we've seen quite a bit of growth uh, over yeah. the past several years. It's been exciting. Yeah. And so if kind of looking back, and part of our growth has been through um, both organic. So we brought in, I mean, last year, how much did we do as far as no, new organic uh, assets? You recall that? 700 million or so, something like yeah, that? Yeah, 700 million in, in total new flow, something like that. Yeah. And by the way, we don't participate in any of the custodial programs. That's just through all the marketing that we've done. And part of our strategy and what Pete's been helping us out on is finding other firms that want to join us, uh, maybe firms that haven't had much growth, would like to be part of a bigger growth organization. Um, and so um, maybe you can just talk about I think one of the, maybe the first transaction we did with um, a firm out of Ohio. Um, maybe just chat a, a bit about that what went well and why it's worked and yeah so that was uh that was our first transaction we did that uh, uh back in in 2018 it was about uh, an 800 million dollar firm uh and uh, it's, it's it's interesting it was a great firm they had great uh brand recognition uh but they weren't really growing uh and uh we saw a lot of things about the firm that were similar with our own firm. So I think, you know, that was one of the first things that attracted us was that they were very, very similar. Um, and uh, we, we did that transaction. I think it's been really good for, uh, for clients, been good for advisors, also uh, been, been good for shareholders. And um, so I think um, it's uh, for our first transaction, there were um, uh, uh, probably some, a couple of, couple of hurdles, bump, bumps in the road, but overall I think it's been really good for, for everybody. Yeah. And what, are, what kind of happened as far as um, where were they in as far as new assets growth and beforehand and what's transpired there? And maybe what has that meant for um, the other advisors that are there? Yeah. So, you know, they were, uh, their new asset flow was you know, somewhere in the probably 80 million range for new assets annually. And, um, fairly early on, we got in there and, and they were able to leverage uh, parts of uh, Hanson McLean's business development, now Allworth's business development strategy. And we saw a pickup in new assets and new clients fairly quickly. So if you look at what's going on in that market right now, we've seen uh, asset growth that uh, is up uh, more than 50% from where it was. So, you know, that's not only been good for advisors, uh, uh, but also been good for the shareholders as well. So, you know, they were able to sell part of their company that was really not growing and, and become part of, you know, what, what's now Allworth and, you know, seen pretty substantial growth in their equity over the years. So we just uh, completed, I think, our 10th transaction um, in the last two and a half years. Uh, our plan is uh, fully in, full integration, right, to get these farms fully integrated. Um, and what, you know, g g give us a ballpark of like, what's the typical deal structure look like and what's it meant for, you know, the, the founders essentially, um, both on the, you know, initial transaction as, as well as the subsequent uh, share price. Yeah. So each one is a little bit different, uh, and, and, uh, depends largely on what the, uh, seller or founders are looking to accomplish. But, you know, generally speaking, there's, some. Um, uh, upfront consideration cash in, in the deal. 
uh, and you know that can range uh, sort of you know anywhere from um, you know twenty five to thirty percent is what we typically see, and then you know almost everybody that we're talking to also has the desire to continue to be to be part of something larger, um, and they're able to roll a portion of their equity. Uh, from their existing firm into the equity of the overall firm uh, itself. And, you know, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, one of the big advantages there is that, you know, typically, you know, your average firm is really not growing. And so you're able to uh, take some, uh, uh, some risk uh, away in uh, monetizing part of your business and, and allow your existing equity to, to continue to grow and typically at a much faster rate. And the firms that have um, joined us, I can th just think of some of the founders. And for the most part, um, I think we've had a couple of retirements, but for the most part, it's been firms that have joined us that um, the, the founders really weren't done. They went another chapter, another season, right? And so they're, they're help, they've rolled up their sleeves and um, maybe not working as quite as many hours or doing as many things they had to do before, but they're still participating in some way. What... What has what have you heard from some of some of these uh, founders of kind of a a positive surprise or like what's what are they what are they most happy about after a period of time? Yeah, it seems like uh, that freedom and flexibility is uh, probably one of the largest benefits. Of course, you know there's um, the benefit of a transaction and a little bit of liquidity and. You know, I talked a little bit about taking some some uh, risk uh, out of the business and monetizing part of your firm, but I think a lot of it is um, having the flexibility to do and spend time on the things that they really like to spend time on, uh, and that's typically uh, you know meeting with and helping clients. And there's always things in in your firm when you're running your own business, especially a smaller business that you know you just don't enjoy doing. And part of being uh, one of the benefits of being with with a company like Allworth is that there are subject matter experts, you know, to help with things like uh, billing and back office trading and compliance and finance and human resources and all of those things that take, you know, people, founders, entrepreneurs away from uh, doing the things that they like. So I think, you know, beyond the economic benefits, I think the freedom to really focus on things that they want to focus on is probably, you know, certainly one of the biggest benefits. And what about, um, what, what are some of the bigger frustrations or the things that maybe they're not so pleased with? Well, there's certainly the control aspect. Uh, you know, many of the uh, entrepreneurs, uh, advisors that we've been working with have, they've owned their firms for multiple decades. And so they've been used to uh, their own way of doing things and making all of the decisions. And Part of this is you are part of a larger organization, and so you give up a little bit of control there. Um, I think uh, that may be uh, a little more scary as a concept going into it. Um, my sense is that uh, as the firms have come in and they've really um, started to understand more about what it is that Allworth does and how it can benefit them and the clients, you know, it turns out to be uh, a lot less scary. But I, I think that's probably one of the biggest. Uh, concerns coming in and part of the transition associated with, you know, selling and, and ultimately integrating your firm. Yeah. And it's, it's I find it interesting because uh, most of these people there um, have been pretty independent and 
I mean, I speak for myself. I was independent for a reason. I just didn't like, didn't like being confined or whatever. So uh, it independent firm for a long time. And then, um, you know, as we continue to grow Hanson McLean with Pat McLean, we got to a point where um, we, we just want to look at some other op options. And um, what I've actually enjoyed, I think, as time's gone on my career is that the people I get to work with. So, Peter, it's interesting with, uh, we just came through this whole coronavirus thing. And one of the things that um, I, I, I just really reflected upon during that time is just the the quality of uh, the teammates that we have, right? Our, our colleagues, our colleagues, coworkers and colleagues and uh, the, the people on the leadership team and um, just being part of a team was just, it was really helpful during this, this whole season. It was incredible to see the entire team pull together and uh, this, we, we, we've all been through a number of sort of, you know, financial crisis. This one is, and they're all a little bit different, right? But this one was, right. you know, really unique. You have global, global health issues. You've got unprecedented government action. We're all working from home. The financial markets are, you know, been very volatile. So, and there's no, there's no playbook for this at all. So. No, I remember actually we were in one of the early meetings. Uh, this is, I think as we, we were just kind of starting to play out, what's worst case scenario? What would worst case scenario be? And our chief technology officer was looking at, you know, some of, he, he brought a re like the late, latest report from the, we've all seen those every day. There's, you know, a gazillion of them now from the epi epidemiologists, but uh, this one, uh, you know, the, the percentage of deaths that we're going to have. And I remember saying, well, you know, we need to be prepared as an organization. We're probably going to lose one or two employees based on the stats here. And we're going to lose a certain percentage of our clients and our clients. Right? So it's like, all, you got all of this in the midst of uh, the financial stuff. And yeah, so um, he was pretty, he was pretty extreme at that point. I remember uh, all of us thinking, wow, you know, we had no idea where this thing was going. And we knew there was right. a lot of uncertainty. You had that point of view there, but I, you know, I think it it was probably a, a good rallying call for the team. There's no question. Say, yeah, we've got to get together and we've got to take this uh, incredibly seriously and get to work. And like you said, the team responded uh, incredibly well. So uh, within days, literally, we had you know north of 200 employees that were all working from home. It, uh, the the team pulled together really, really well. Yeah, and we've been able to do lots of different client communications during that time, a variety of different things to clients and being able to support all our advisors. And yeah, the, the firms that have joined us, what is, what, what's this meant, you think, for the, the typical employee of a firm that have joined us? We've had firms as small as just a couple employees up to firms that have joined us that have had uh, 60 employees. So, but what, what? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And um, it's it's been really good for, I think, everybody. We talked a little bit about the advisors um, earlier, but um, all of the employees uh, that, that end up joining the firm uh, end up benefiting from it. And, you know, when you join a firm that's growing uh, at the rate that we're growing, it just creates opportunity for everybody. And so we've seen uh, a number of acquisitions where uh, we've got people that have taken on uh, additional responsibilities, taken on new roles within the organization. So a lot of professional growth and development uh, opportunities in fields. We've had uh, people that were not financial advisors that uh, have taken the CFP exam. They've become financial advisors. They've moved to different markets. So I just, you know, the opportunity in a growing organization is just great. And, you know, the average advisory firm is not growing. And so 
uh, I think this has been a real benefit. Yeah, and I think a lot. There's always a lot of concern when people are joining a, an organization like ours that what's this really going to mean. But I think for the firms that are growing, um, you know, we're we're not just some financial roll up, or we're just trying to bolt on companies. And uh, for us, it's really about full integration, uh, which means we're all becoming one. Um, all the smaller firms all become an all worth. And you know, with that, there's been our, our chief investment officer came from one of our other firms that um, we, we had acquired. Our, our EVP of financial services came from another, you know, so there are people on the leadership team that came from other, um, other firms. And it's, um, it's really provided a lot of opportunity, I think, for everybody. Yeah, and overall, it's strengthened a firm because, you know, in each one of these that, that you do, you find uh, there, there's always great people. Um, and in some cases, there's people that were just underutilized. So this, I think, helps them realize their potential. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy to find great people in this industry. And um, we, we always find great people in, in, uh, in the acquisitions that we're doing. And Pete, you were involved in a previous chapter of your life and uh, internet service provider days. That's what you used to when you pull up your computer and hear that funny little sound in, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, dial, but, dial up internet access dial, of, okay, uh, yeah. of, of the late, of the late nineties. But you were involved in that. And then you were in, you headed up uh, the M and a team for a publicly traded company. I think you got, you acquired some firms, then were acquired yourself. Then you, you how many transactions were you involved in? Uh, did, uh, probably probably close to a hundred when you, when you add them all up. So there was 17 and then an initial public offering. And then we acquired another 11. Then we became part of Earthlink. Um, and then, you know, we've, so there were, there was probably close to a hundred that I had worked on during that period of time. And then, you know, I think, as you mentioned earlier, we've done, we've done 10 over the last, you know, couple of years. And do you see, so for the industry, for this, uh, this space, do you, do you see that the, the trend for M&A is going to accelerate or remain consistent or what's your take? I, I, I believe that the consolidation in the industry is, is absolutely going to continue. Um, I think it's going to, uh, uh, the pace is going to pick up. You've got the average advisor that's, you know, mid sixties, um, and there's there are real succession plans with a lot of these RAAs out there. It's still a highly fragmented business. Um, it's a great business. Um, there's uh, a lot of capital and you know private equity firms and others that are out there to help uh, fuel the consolidation. So it's sort of I think the right uh, confluence of factors here that are going to continue to help drive growth here for a long time into the future. All right. Well, good. Well, Pete, thanks for your role and leadership at, at Allworth. And um, it's going to be fun to see where this next chapter takes us all. Yeah. Well, thanks, Scott. It was great chatting with you today. Appreciate um, having me as a guest. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, glad you took a little time to uh, join us on our State of the Industry podcast today. And if you want to learn more about Allworth, uh, we've got a great website, allworthpartners.com. It's a website specifically designed for our partners and potential partners to kind of learn a little more about us, what a partnership might look like, and uh, whether it would make sense for you to join us. So um, take a look at that. I think you'll find it informative, and stay tuned for the next time we come out with uh, our State of the Industry podcast.
This podcast has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm with the Securities and Exchange Commission.